Welcome back. You are listening to episode 34 of Double Hop Beat, a bi-weekly podcast taking the pulse of the beer and homebrewing scene. I'm James, homebrewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. This week we will be kickstarting the summer with Beer Gardens, a beer review, and a special birthday shout out. What? And that's right. And we first want to talk about a recent trip we took to Granite Roots Brewing up in Troy, New Hampshire. If you follow us on our Instagram page at Double Hop Beat Podcast, you can see all the fun we've been having. And so this was really one of those trips where we just needed to get out of the house. This is one of those things where we're in our house and actually we just sold our house, so we don't yeah. have a house anymore. We're so homeless. this is this is a literally a mobile podcast that we have going right now. <laughs> so our studio is literally Whatever your studio would be, wherever we are, that's where our studio is. So it's one of those cool things where, you know, we get out and we safely, of course, we want to be safe. And so we're looking for beer gardens this kickstart the summer, right? Yeah, it's hot outside. The weather's getting summer-like. And if it's anything like us with our producer and he's always barking, so we got to please him too. So we've looked for a place around that we could take him and really have a good time as mm-hmm. well. So we went up to Granite Roots in Troy, New Hampshire, and they got quite a beer garden going on. Yeah, it's really cool. It's all um, picnic tables that are set six feet apart, which is great. And when we were there, there was a cool folk band playing, and that was very entertaining. Schneider just, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was just so refreshing to get to enjoy live music again. I miss that so much. It was one of my favorite things. As I was brew tending at Craft Roots in Milford, Mass., it was one of just my favorite experiences, other than, of course, the customers and the great beer. But obviously, you drive the culture around your brewery. So that's just one of those things that unfortunately hasn't been there recently with the COVID 19. And, you know, it's great to see that breweries are really paying attention and doing things safe so that you can get back to enjoying your great craft beer and having the experience that they want you to have. Because, trust me, they are as frustrated as you are about the whole situation, but they want to make sure you're safe. And it's a great opportunity to get out and enjoy some fresh air, enjoy the sunshine, get your tan on, if that's what you're all about, (laughs) and drink some beer, Get your tan on and your beer on. Yeah. Was it we can do, like, beer, tan... I Might. don't know. What's the, I never watched that Jersey Shore thing. Oh, I did. I, I didn't want, have cable, so I didn't watch that either. Jim but. Tan Laundry. There should be a beer version of that. Well, I have no idea about that. But like, <laughs> like any sunscreen, you are going to have different ABVs in your beers, and you want to make sure that you can make sure that you have a designated driver. And if you're not driving, then you can enjoy some nice, fresh beer. True. Thanks for throwing that safety tip in, James. You know me. I'm always about safety, right? Aren't you? Yeah. So, James, you had the all of the raindrops New England IPA? Right? Yeah. So, this was, I believe, their newest IPA that they've come out with. And at first, when I ordered it, I thought that I was getting the IPA that I've always had with the rainbow IPA that they get that I love. And this was just a pleasant surprise uh, for me because I was like, wow, this is almost like a session IPA where it was just a nice hazy IPA, but it wasn't heavy. It was refreshing. It was juicy. Uh, It was just a very good, I'd say I'd call it a lighter beer, but it really wasn't. It was still your typical IPA range of ABV, but it was just a great beer to have, especially listening to some folk music. That was just awesome. Yeah. And I was the designated driver. So Strider and I enjoyed some craft water. 
It was very refreshing. <laughs> but it was probably brewery water, so at least at least you were still part of the brewing experience. Yes, yes. So you also got to try um, a different beer of theirs that you hadn't had before. So this was one of those beers where I was really excited about, and I really wanted to get my hands on it because, as you listeners know, I'm typically an IPA drinker, or I go to Kolsch's or Blondale's. But I, I, I've tended to stay away from the brown ales. I don't know why. And this beer shows me that, wow, kicking my ass. Like, I should have got into brown ales a whole lot sooner. And so this beer, well, first, why don't, for listeners who are like me and are kind of new to brown ales, other than, you know, that we know they exist and we have them every once in a while in a flight, <laughs> Uh, what kind of makes up a brown ale, Shannon? Because I know you're into your research and history, and what do you think? Yeah, so a brown ale is a medium-bodied multi-flavor. The hop character may be low to medium in flavor and aroma. They're typically between 3.6 and 4.4 ABV. Um, And American-style brown ales are deep copper to brown color, so obviously that's why they're called brown ales, because based off the color, um, a medium roasted malt, caramel-like, and chocolate characteristics, which sounds delicious, and low to medium hot flavor, aroma, um, high hop, or sorry, medium to high hop bitterness, and a medium body. So what really excites me about brown ales, and kind of why I've steered clear of them, unless I get someone, I've been out with friends before, and they say, hey, I've had this brown ale, you you love craft beer, you got to try this, and I've had it and loved them, but typically they've been a little bit too heavy for me, just uh, wanting to have a lot of beers at a lot of different places, so I've kind of, this is more of like one of those beers that you really want to enjoy, and the malt flavor is incredible, and it's got more of that rich malt Mm -hmm. Uh, caramel flavor, that roasted roasted um, malt caramel that you really can enjoy, sit back and enjoy. And typically, I wouldn't reach for one of these during the summertime, but I just had to get this um, brown ale. And so for Granite Roots, this was their Enrapture brown ale. And if you go on our Instagram again, you can see the pictures of it for you listeners who are curious on what it looks like. And in this case, uh, their beer is 6.2%. So actually brown ales, American brown ales can, um, according if I was going to brew this on my beer, using my Beersmith app, uh, the traditional American brown ale can range between 4.3 to 6.2 uh, for the style. So again, it just shows that depending on where you look for the characteristics of a style, uh, the mm-hmm. ABV and different characteristics can shift. So again, if you were going to do competitions, as we talked with Jack, you definitely want to check that competition uh, requirements and mm-hmm. what they're using as the guide of the different criteria points that are looking for. Uh, so let's just dive into this. This is a great beer, and I'm, I'm sipping this right now. This is just unbelievable. This chocolate malt is just blowing me away right now. And I think this is one of those beers that just really highlights the importance of using great ingredients, and especially with malt. Uh, And Shannon, one thing you pointed out is just like the subtleness of the fresh raspberries in this, right? What's the name of this beer, James? Enrapture. (laughs) You're so enraptured that you forgot to tell us what it's actually called. (laughs) Review the tape. I said Enrapture Brown Ale at 6.2%. Okay, just want to make sure everyone knows that it's called Enrapture Brown Ale. Shane just wants to make sure that that's out there and yeah. it's there, but I'll say it again, enrapture, it enwraps you in the flavor. Okay, sucks you right in. Sucks you right in. And another great 
component of this brown ale that I think is really important is the the cocoa flavor that you get from it. It it's definitely fresh and it's they say real co- cocoa and I'm like, is there fake cocoa? Does that exist? Yeah, I mean, you can make like it's like fake sugar. You can make anything fake nowadays. So I guess you actually have to say if it's real or yeah. not now. That's crazy. But it's definitely one of those things that I picked up on right away. I'm like, wow, this is fresh cocoa. Like, this is just... Yeah, you could smell it. Oh, like you pop the bottle open and it's just right there for you. And what I really liked about this brown ale is I was a little hesitant at first when I said it had raspberries in it because a lot of new breweries or um, some beers tend to overdo the fruit, mm-hmm. especially in like a darker beer. And in the summertime, usually it's And in heavy. the summertime too, which is great. Like there's... Some, I love some great like blueberry beers and some raspberry beers mm-hmm. um but in a brown ale i just wanted the malt to shine it's it's very rare that you know i'm very hop focused so to have a, a beer that the hops comp complement and really take a back seat to the one of the you know your main ingredients in your beers your malt so i really appreciated that that they not only respected great malt but the raspberry that they did use actually enhanced the beer to a point where it was so subtle that I was like, wow, this is a nice finish with this beer. And their raspberries actually come from their own farm, Monadnock Berries. So Mm -hmm. uh, for those listeners, Monadnock Mountain is actually right by their brewery, which is really cool. So if you want to do a day hike or anything like that, and it's also by the local universities in town. So it's just a great spot to go and just hang out and have a beer. Uh, so thank you, Granite Roots, uh, for having us. We always love coming to coming to see yeah. you guys and and cheers. Yeah, hopefully we'll hear more from them soon. Just a little, just a little teaser there, for right? <laughs> for sure. And well, I guess I guess I did go into it, but you talked a little bit about the history of brown ales and what makes them up. And uh, another thing I really want to mention. Um, with this kind of style that's just kind of out there is the aroma that you get from the malt. And that's something for you extract brewers out there and home brewing. I know when I started with extract brewing, the malt, when you're mixing that in um, into your brews, like that sweetness and that malty and the caramel flavor really comes out in the aroma of your beer when you're making it. And it's just brown ales just is one of those beers that you get in the finished product where you actually still get that sensation, which just brought me back to my first brewing days. So it was just great um, to have that experience. So thank you. Reminiscing. Reminiscing. Oh God. So one of the ways that we like to spend our summer days, see my little rhyme there is at beer gardens. I didn't get the rhyme there, but one of the ways summer days anyways, (laughs) So what it makes the coolest beer garden? What makes you the coolest? Pee in your pants. <laughs> no, that does not make you cool. Oh, God. Anywho. So the coolest beer gardens. What's uh, some of the things that we really get out of a beer garden? And it really all started, and Shannon, again, I'm going to throw a history card at you because you're the history buff, in that beer gardens really took hold out of the experiences that customers and also the brewers got from beer halls out of Munich Mm -hmm. in Germany. 
And so really beer gardens were the place where they could have all their flowers, they could have all their hops, they could have all their ingredients to kind of just have an outdoor space to kind of have it more inviting to guests and also themselves to enjoy, you know, enjoy the craft beers and a craft experience. Yeah, have that sense of community, relaxation, be able to hang out, just have fun and enjoy with your friends. So I guess that we covered pretty much what we're looking for in a, <laughs> a, a beer garden, I, mean, I, I guess. I think also, I mean, that, those simple aspects, but then again, there's other things like entertainment. Like at Grand Roots, they had the band, but I also think it's nice when there's some games you can play or, you know, some other, something else that can keep you a little bit entertained if maybe you didn't bring the right friends to the beer garden. Yeah, I think one thing that we're a little overlooking here with beer gardens is just because it's assumed is that it's great beer. I mean, that's your, your number one. If you don't have good beer and you're not passionate about your beer, no one's going to come to your beer garden because it's, you know, just a space. So let's we want to get that out of the way. That's number one. You got to have great beer and you got to be passionate about it. And yeah. then comes what we talked about. You got to have, you know, the live music or games or just... You want to create that inviting space where if you're at home or you live in an apartment or you don't have a house, like it's just something where you can feel a sense of community and go have a good time and have a couple of beers with your friends yeah. or family too. Yeah. I mean, I almost think that a good beer garden is a place you can go and you don't have to drink beer. That's great right? too. I think if it's, if it's a good atmosphere or a good chill hangout spot like you don't have to have the beer yeah i mean, I mean obviously beer you bring up a really great point and i think i guess i got a little carried away in this episode about the craft beer and beer halls and <laughs> beer gardens but yeah that's a great thing that i think breweries are starting to understand especially the craft ones right now is that they're looking to make their f- space more inviting for everybody, not just the craft beer yeah. drinker, not just for the person who needs al- or wants to drink alcohol. It's who a- needs alcohol? <laughs> who needs alcohol? Well, there's there's those out there. Uh, there's the people who need alcohol, uh, but <laughs> especially now when they're just stuck in their house all the day yeah. and they need to get out. So, uh, but but I think you brought up a great point on that they want to have the experience for everybody, so you don't have to feel like you. That's, I guess, the biggest difference for me between a bar and a craft brewery, right? So a bar, you know, there's nothing for you to do if you don't drink. You just go there, you sit, you have your beer or your hard alcohol, and, you know, that's it. Uh, Craft breweries, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You stare at a screen while your your friends are drinking, and you're like, that's not fun. And so this time, you can actually enjoy, take, experience it and not feel like, oh, I don't want to go out with my friends because, you know, I'm going to feel pressured to have to drink. This was, okay, I can have a craft soda. A lot of breweries now are having craft soda or non-alcoholic seltzers, which is great. And they can still play games and everything else. So you get the experience of hanging out with your friends like you would in a backyard party, but you wouldn't feel the pressure to need to drink. It's all inclusive. Exactly. Which is Mm -hmm. awesome. So Thank yeah. you, Shannon, for bringing that up because I do get lost in the craft beer world of beer, beer, beer. So that's great. Yes. And I think because it's summertime now, it's really helping with the local breweries near us with in, ter- in terms of COVID uh, because now a lot of places are allowed to open with outdoor seating and they've been coming or being really creative with what they can do to accommodate the most amount of people because they know everyone wants to get out of the house and hang out and have a good, you know, have some normalcy to their summer that we weren't able to get when it was colder outside. So 
some of the places near us that are um, opening up and having their beer gardens um, are Medusa, which is one of James's favorites. And they actually, they have a beer garden every summer, correct? Yep. Yeah. So this Since is uh, pretty much for the last couple of years, I believe they, they tried to expand their location. Yeah. So they've had that open up. Um, and then also Lost Shoe and Marlboro, which we've mentioned a couple of times, has overtaken some of the parking spots. And there's like a mulching area near the parking garage where they set up a lot of extra seating and they've got a nice little patio with a fire pit and everything like that. So um, that looked really cool. We haven't made it over there yet, but I'm interested to see what it's like. Yeah, and Craft Roots has also just recently um, opened up an area of their parking lot for outdoor seating with kind of like the patio type thing, uh, which I know is great. Robin's been uh, really wanting to get you guys back into the brewery, so uh, I think this is a great opportunity and a great experience to get out there and get some craft beer. And there's so many breweries right now that are opening, really adapting to the situation and mm-hmm. very. Un- it just shows their understanding and how they are going through this with everybody. And I think that's something that hits home for me because it just makes it so it's not just a corporation that's just trying to sell beer, not trying to throw it down your throats. I need, my sales are down. I got to get more sales. It's, they, they literally enjoy having you guys come out to their breweries, talking with them, interacting, uh, telling them what you like, even what you don't like about their beer, which, I mean, you go to the stores and you see some of the bigger guys and, you know, they they might not want to hear what you have to say about their beer other than what their sales say. So keep that in mind and also keep in mind, make sure if you do go out to your local breweries, tip your bartenders well because they are hurting as well mm-hmm. and it just, they're so appreciative and it's, it's a great experience for you to have and also for them. And it's a mutual thing. One of the things that I like, because I like to plan things and have probably a little bit of control issue that's uh, going on. You have a control is, issue? I don't know yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, she she just muted me, He's guys. Like, no that's comment. It. Um, the, the, pro- the producer just muted me. Sorry. Yeah. Is that a lot of these beer um, gardens that are opening up, you have to have a reservation, which to me, I know, I mean, it kind of defeats the purpose of like, you know, just showing up casual, but... For me, I like it because I know what time I got to be there. I know what time I have to leave. I know I'm going to get seated. That I don't have to creepily stalk someone who looks like they're about to go and like stand behind them and snag the table as soon as they get up. And then I'm like the person like hovering over them while they're trying to, you know. That's it. Shannon said it. She's a creepy stalker, everybody. She said it, not me. (laughs) (laughs) So I like the fact that now you have to have reservations. I mean, obviously, I don't want to stay that way forever because I want the world to go back to normal at some point. But I like the reservations that people have to have. <laughs> well, I thought you were actually going into this. I thought you were talking about your tr- how we like to travel. And when we travel, we always look oh. for breweries in the area. Yeah. And one of those things now with traveling being a little restricted, we really still look for, you know, when we do have to travel once, you know, everything gets a little under control. And when we do have to travel, what local breweries we can go to that has these options available for us so that we're not scrambling in the last minute trying to find something you know to keep us entertained and also to experience the local culture and local people and everything else that we love when we go to visit somewhere else and this just brings me back to when we were in philadelphia and there was that awesome beer garden right by the liberty bell and i had a friend actually who lived out in philadelphia and he highly recommended it and he's like you know a lot of people walk by it because it's a great looking thing but most of the time they don't stop in for a beer so 
we made sure we stopped in for a couple of beers there, and boy, were they good. And they weren't just from a single brewery. You really got to try as many local brews as you could on tap. And that was just a great experience because, you know, Shannon loves her history. I love my history, too. So we went and see, saw this Liberty Bell and uh this liberty this, bell, li- like. this liberty bell ooh. and uh then we got to have some brews so it was just a great great little tip that we got to enjoy that a lot of people just walk right by it and miss it so i think definitely if you're going to be traveling in the future uh, whether it's for work or anything like that just do a little research and see what's in the area of what like we said before when you travel what's around yeah and so with summer comes summer beers. Summer and beers had me a blast. No, no singing. No grease? No grease? No. Okay. No. So I thought I'd recommend a couple of summer beers for everyone to go try. And one of the, some of them might be a little strange or, I don't know, interesting, I guess you would say. Okay. So the first one is from Great Divide, which is out in Colorado. And it is the Margarita Goes. Margarita, that sounds interesting. So it is a traditional German ghost, but it is with margarita flavors. So they partially age it in tequila barrels and enhance it with lime puree, lime leaf, and Himalayan pink salt. Oh, our favorite. Use that. I mean, I don't mind it. So I thought that was very interesting, and I would be interested to see what it tastes like. Yeah, it's very creative. We'll have to pick that up and uh, let you guys know what we think. Or if you've had it, let us know. Let us know. Very interesting. We also recommend Allagash River Trip, which is a Belgian-style session ale. And the flavor profile includes stone fruit, coriander, melon, and citrus. And it's a 4.8 ABV, so it's very light, and you can drink it all day if you want to. And one of my recent favorites, um, I was doing a lot of yard work to get ready for our home sale. And I was like, I need something refreshing. I need a beer, but I don't want to have something heavy that I'm going to die and not be able to (laughs) finish what I need to get done. Uh, So one of the breweries that we love going to in Attleboro, Skyrock, we went there and I picked up, uh, well, actually my local uh, store had a carryout. So I picked up the Blue Bomber from Skyrock and it was a wheat ale with blueberry. Yeah, it's actually their second version of the blueberry ale that they have made. It was great. It was awesome. And we had some fresh fruit blueberries from a farmer's market so we put some of those in there and and i was i was always the guy that said skip the fruit yeah you never want the fruit but now i'm like wow you can really enhance the flavor of a nice blueberry beer but i recommend having it first without the fruit like trying it and then add the fruit after if you um want to enhance that blueberry flavor yeah and i would say if you're looking for aroma this beer definitely has it because you can smell the blueberries from miles away yeah for sure Some of the other recommendations, I guess, I would have. Uh, Granite Roots Hidden Valley Kolsch. They just uh, revamped their recipe. And I must say, it does, it's a lot, I don't want to say better, but (laughs) it's it's very refreshing. And I would drink this Kolsch all day. It's um, very refreshing Kolsch. And I would highly recommend it. Uh, White Lion Pale Ale. Also another lighter. If you're still looking for like a nice hop flavor for a pale ale, the White Lion Pale Ale is great. And Left Hand Flamingo Dreams is also what I would recommend. Thanks, James, for those recommendations. To wrap up today's episode, as we said, we have a birthday shout out. So we've got um, James's grandma turned 94. 94 years old. Yes, she is 94. Um, So we want to ask her some questions about beer. 
And so let's let's give her a call and find out what she has to say about some beer. What do we say, guys? Let's give it a shot. She's 94. Let's say happy birthday, everybody. Here we go. Let's call her up. Here we go. Hey, Grandma, how you doing? Oh, very good. Okay, well, I have a funny question for you. When was the last time that you had a beer? I don't think I've ever had one. Although, um, oh, I tasted, I had a taste of one when I was little, when nobody was. (laughs) (laughs) How old were you? Nine or ten. (laughs) My father had a a case of it that uh, the different beer companies would uh, give it to him uh, so that uh, he would uh, put it out. Uh, at the bar, you know, they delivered it to the house. Oh, nobody was home. I only took a sip. (laughs) 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 I never had beer again. That was it. That was it. And how many beers would you say are too many? Five. What would you do if you were at a brewery and someone called you Big Mama? I was called a Big Mama, but it wasn't at a brewery. (laughs) And can you name an ingredient in beer? Hop. Is it hop? Hops or something. Yeah, that's one of them. How about another? Malt. Mm-hmm. Uh, water, maybe? Water. I didn't know that. And if beer had a poem, what would it be called? Because we know you like to write poetry, and you've actually won many awards for your poetry. So what would you call a poem about beer? Don't drink sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Grandma. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And she's not going to crack open a beer with us. <laughs> but for, for all you listeners out there, please crack a beer open for my grandmother, 94-year-old. Yeah. yeah. 94. We all be so lucky. And man, she knew a lot about beer. Yeah, <laughs> surprising. For only having one sip when she was 9 or 10, so what, 80-something years ago? Well, I guess her dad used to brew barley wine, so oh. I guess home brewing. Uh, runs in the family. Yeah, I guess so. It's in your blood. <laughs> it's in my. It's quite literally in my blood. Yeah. Well, I hope you all try out some of those beers we recommended and get to your local beer garden soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Double Hop Beat Podcast. Follow us on our Instagram for our latest home brewing and craft beer adventures. Direct message us at Double Hop Beat Podcast to share your experiences and become part of the pulse of brewing. You can also listen to us on our website, www.doublehotbeatpodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Cheers by rating and reviewing us. This This has been been Double Hot Beat. Beat. Catch Catch you on on the brew side. side.